Taiwan's local case count has surged to a new single-day high of 94,808. That's nearly 13,000 more cases than the day before. According to the CECC, the rise is due to a new diagnosis policy that counts a positive rapid test as a confirmed COVID case instead of counting positive PCR tests only. Despite the new high, the CECC says the epidemic is stable and has entered a so-called plateau period that will last for at least two more weeks. Domestic COVID infections reached a new single-day high of 94,808 on Friday. The CECC said the figure was higher than before due to its new policy of counting positive results from rapid tests as confirmed cases. Yesterday, we expanded the rapid test diagnosis policy to the general public. Whenever positive rapid tests are verified by a doctor, they are counted as COVID cases. That's why the number of cases is a bit higher. Taiwan's daily case count first exceeded 90,000 on May 19th. Now, a week later, the number is back up above 90,000. Even so, CECC Commander Chen Shizhong said that the epidemic remained stable. Generally speaking, over the past week, the daily case counts have been stable. There were just over 80,000 cases on May 18th, and today we've got 94,000. That's a stable situation. The epidemic is in a stable plateau phase. The CECC also gave an update on the rapid test rationing program. The second round of the program could start in the second week of June. But the CECC said that people can still buy tests in the first round. That's the time frame we're aiming for, but it really depends on how many people get their tests in the program's first round, as well as the situation over the next five days. We will do our utmost to ensure people can easily get their hands on tests. In Bloomberg's latest ranking of countries' COVID resilience, Taiwan dropped 19 spots to number 51 out of 53 countries. Commenting on the ranking on Friday, the health chief said Taiwan was going through something that all nations must eventually face. Our experience with Omicron is part of a journey that every nation must take. We're sorting out how to ensure our medical resources are adequate, our society is safe and the public at ease, and our economy is taken care of. That's what we're working hard at right now. According to the CECC, Taiwan has an adequate supply of rapid tests, vaccines and COVID drugs. Despite high case numbers, officials say the situation is stable and that Taiwan will find its way to coexisting with the virus. The number of COVID-related deaths also reached a new high Friday, with the CECC announcing 126 casualties in a single day. It also announced 343 new moderate or severe COVID cases, marking another single-day high. The CECC said it was closely monitoring Taiwan's medical capacity. We have to be very vigilant because the COVID mortality rate is at 0.1%. Over the past two days, we have been closely monitoring the supply of specialized and intensive care units. We've paid particularly close attention to the capacity for treating young children. We need to ensure that we have what we need to ensure that medical needs are met. So far this year, more than 1.6 million people have been infected with COVID-19. According to CECC statistics, only 15% of them have been older adults. However, this demographic accounts for the greatest proportion of moderate and severe COVID cases. 
Officials urge older adults to get fully vaccinated and boosted to bluster their protection against severe disease. In a recent interview, New Taipei Mayor Ho Yo-i said he had asked the central government for help with his city's soaring case count, but had not been offered solutions. As if to dispel the accusation, the premier and health minister made a trip to New Taipei to inspect COVID drug protocols at a pharmacy. During the tour, they emphasized that local and central governments should work together to fight the virus. The premier also announced that free rapid tests would be given to children six and under nationwide so that infections can be detected early. Premier Su Chung and Health Minister Chen Shizhong visited a new Taipei pharmacy on Friday to inspect its protocol for medication delivery to COVID patients. As of yesterday, we have already delivered 9,405 prescriptions to people's homes. Su and Chen said they were grateful to pharmacists for working on COVID's front lines. During the inspection tour, Su also announced free rapid tests for children up to six years old. We will give them to children aged six and under. Each health insurance card can be used to collect five free rapid tests. In addition, people will soon be able to obtain home isolation forms themselves on the internet. These measures will reduce the burden on the new Taipei city government. It's my belief that the most effective pandemic response is achieved when local and central governments work together. Su emphasized the importance of cooperation between local and central governments. On his way out of the pharmacy, he was confronted by a city councillor candidate Chen Shixuan of the Taiwan People's Party. New Taipei's children are getting infected and they're dying. Are you seeing that? New Taipei's children are dying from the virus. Premier Su, are you seeing what's happening? The parents in New Taipei are in tears, and you're only now coming to see the situation in this city. What we need is for you to come up with solutions to protect the public safety, not come here and put on a show. You're in New Taipei on an inspection tour. Shouldn't you be meeting with local officials to see what's going on with them? The councillor candidate hurled criticism as the officials left the pharmacy, where they had hoped to show support for the local fight against the pandemic. In northern Taiwan, public transport companies are reducing their services, citing a drop in passenger volume due to COVID. The Taipei MRT began cutting down its off-peak and weekend train frequencies earlier this week. According to the Taipei Rapid Transit Corp, MRT ridership dropped by 150,000 in the first two weeks of May. The Taoyuan Airport MRT will also scale down its service. Starting this Saturday, it will no longer offer express trains at off-peak times and on weekends. Several bus lines in Greater Taipei have also announced a reduction in services. In May, Czech lawmakers voted 51 to 1 to support Taiwan's participation in international organizations for the second year in a row. The move reflected the warming ties between the Czech Republic and Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with Taiwan's envoy to the Czech Republic, Ke Liang Rei, to find out more about the bilateral relationship and its future. Uh, 
He shows off the newly renovated lobby of the Taipei Economic and Cultural Office in Prague. This is Taiwan's envoy to the Czech Republic, He Liang Rei. He took office in January 2020. Since then, he's been working to strengthen the relationship between Taiwan and the Czech Republic. The representative office in the Czech Republic works mainly with the executive branch of the Czech government, the Senate and the House of Representatives, as well as other professionals, especially in the fields of science and technology and economics and trade. These are two major cooperation areas between us and the Czech Republic. In recent years, the people of our two countries have gained a better understanding of each other in the fields of literature and art, culture and creation. Because of this, we're also hoping to develop and deepen our long-term cooperation with the Czech Republic. Recently, Kerr met with Czech Foreign Minister Jan Lepavsky and Chairman of the Czech Republic Taiwan Parliamentary Platform, Marek Benda. Lepavsky said that the Czech Republic shares similar values with Taiwan and looks forward to cooperating with Taiwan. I asked Kerr to identify the industries in which the two sides will deepen their cooperation. Complementary industries. The Czech Republic is very advanced in the field of machinery and optics and in the field of automobiles. Taiwan is strong not only in the electronics industry but also in semiconductors and artificial intelligence. We also have a lot of cooperation in these areas. Bilateral cooperation can promote the development of Industry 4.0. Ke says that despite the pandemic, the Taiwan-Czech trade relationship has grown. The bilateral trade relationship between Taiwan and the Czech Republic has been growing in recent years. In 2020, for example, bilateral trade reached 890 million US dollars. In 2021, it grew to 950 million US dollars, marking an increase of more than 7%. Achieving such growth in a pandemic wasn't easy. For the first three months of the year, trade is already at 236 million US dollars, marking a growth rate of more than 16%. Ke says that for the first three months of this year, trade is already at 236 million U.S. dollars, marking a growth rate of more than 16 percent. He looks forward to deepening the relationship between Taiwan and the Czech Republic. FGV reporter Stephanie Yang and Huang Yutun in the Czech Republic. In a speech in Washington, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken emphasized that the American policy on Taiwan had not changed. He said that instead it was China that had changed by ramping up its acts of aggression toward Taiwan. In response, Premier Xu Zhenchang thanked the U.S. for striving to maintain stability in the Indo-Pacific region. He said that as a large nation, China also had the responsibility to preserve regional stability. China is the only country with both the intent to reshape the international order in a speech on China policy, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken denounced China for ramping up aggression toward Taiwan. Like flying PLA aircraft near Taiwan on an almost daily basis. These words and actions are deeply destabilizing. Maintaining peace and stability across the strait is not just a U.S. interest. It is a matter of international concern, critical to regional and global security and prosperity. Blinken condemned China for threatening peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait and blocking Taiwan from joining international organizations. He said that the U.S.'s one-China policy had not changed. He said that what had changed was China's, quote, growing coercion. We'll continue to expand our cooperation with Taiwan on our many shared interests and values, support Taiwan's meaningful participation in the international community, deepen our economic ties consistent with our one-China policy. 
Democratic nations are condemning China's deployment of military planes surrounding Taiwan, an act that undermines the status quo. Taiwan will certainly defend itself. We also hope that China will fulfill the responsibility it has as a large nation to maintain regional peace. Taiwan's premier directed strong words at Beijing. In his policy speech on Thursday, Blinken laid out three strategies for countering China, invest, align and compete. Speaking on the Taiwan issue, he insisted that the U.S. policy was consistent. Even so, China denounced Washington on Thursday, accusing it of trying to shift the status quo. The U.S. continuously seeks to hollow out the one China principle. It seeks to use salami slicing tactics to realize its goal of using Taiwan to contain China. But when the U.S. plays the salami slicing game on the Taiwan issue, it will inevitably cut its own hand. This rhetoric reflects how China is realizing that Taiwan and the U.S. are getting closer, not only in terms of their substantive interactions, but also in the various formal aspects of their relationship. Legislator Luo Zhizheng weighed in on Blinken's China speech. He said it was a move to defuse global doubts after U.S. President Joe Biden walked back his vow to defend Taiwan militarily. Taiwan has downgraded its GDP growth forecast for the year, citing inflation and the Russia-Ukraine war. On Friday, the statistic agency revised its growth estimate to 3.91 percent. That's 0.51 percentage points lower than its forecast in February. The agency also raised its inflation forecast to 2.67 percent, up from a previous forecast of just 1.93 percent. This latest rate breaches the central bank's inflation target of 2 percent and is the highest forecast in 14 years. In another sign of a slowing economy, Taiwan's composite index of economic indicators fell in April for the fourth consecutive month. The index dropped three points from March, according to the latest data from the National Development Council. The Transportation Ministry has pledged 5.5 billion NT for the struggling domestic tourism industry. It plans to subsidize individual travelers for hotel stays and admission to recreational venues. In addition, travel agencies can claim up to 30,000 NT for organizing a domestic tour group that meets government requirements. The plan is to start offering subsidies this September, but industry players say September may be too late and that some businesses won't survive this summer without help. With the virus spreading fast, domestic tourism is once again in a slump. The Transport Ministry says it will inject 5.5 billion NT to support the struggling sector. Our current plans are focused on group and individual travel, as well as admissions to tourism and entertainment venues. There will be subsidies for all of that. The subsidies are slated to begin in September, and they will come in two stages. The first stage will be from September 1st to October 31st, and the second from November 1st to December 31st. There will be three main programs. In one program, travel agencies can get up to 30,000 NT for every eligible tour group. Another program gives travelers up to 1,300 NT for accommodation on weekdays. Finally, tickets for admission to entertainment venues will be discounted by 70 percent. Weighing in on the programs, industry representatives said that September is too late for the subsidies to kick in. Even if we receive a quota for subsidies, there will be nobody joining these tour groups because of the pandemic. 
Aside from offering stimulus programs, the government should at least consider direct support to related industries. Businesses say they can't hold out until September and that they need relief this summer. They want stimulus and a bailout to be provided at the same time so that they're in a position to welcome travelers in September. In related news, Japan has announced it will soon reopen to tourists. Japan is a favorite destination for many Taiwanese. Starting June 10th, Japan will reopen to international tour groups. Taiwan's travel agencies say they don't stand to benefit from the reopening. We're not permitted to send tour groups abroad right now, but Japan is only taking in tour groups. So we're stuck in a rut here. This is the first problem. The second problem is Taiwan's quarantine policy. If these two issues are not solved, of course, we will remain in a rut. We need to consider the pandemic situation in other countries. It's still up to the CECC. We still have to take the domestic situation into consideration. But if the domestic situation eases up in the second half of the year, then it might be possible to relax the rules. With COVID still surging, the timetable for Taiwan's reopening remains unclear. Those who want to join an international tour group will still need to wait and see. Many schools and universities have switched to remote education in recent weeks. For some students, especially those with less financial means, it's a big blow to lose school resources. Just getting onto the internet to join a live class can be a struggle. Others have lost the means to scan or print out work. But local businesses and libraries are stepping up to lend a hand to students all over the country. Let's check out a library in Yingling that hosts lots of elementary school students. Kids have occupied the library. Textbooks are arranged precariously on the desk and class is in session. The chief librarian here at Tuku Township Library posted this photo online. Two brothers hard at work one reading, the other in a live class online. The boys came to the library for remote school because their home internet wasn't up to scratch. But libraries often set time limits on visitors' internet use. Halfway through a lesson, the session would time out. Usually there's a 40-minute limit on computer usage, so we told him, we'll remove that limit from your computer so he could complete the day's lesson smoothly. We couldn't meet the boy on our visit to the library today, but we did bump into his sister. The siblings come here on alternating days to use the library computer. We borrowed one computer from school, so one of us needs to come to the library to attend class. We alternate. The library's social media post attracted lots of support. And equally heartwarming is this story of a real estate agent in Taichung. Students come into the agency not to ask about houses, but to use the photocopier. The owner cares about the community and gives local students free printing and copying services when they have to study from home. We put our contact details at the reception desk of the building, so you can scan the QR code and we can send and receive your documents. The facilities are sitting here, so why not let students use them? Losing access to a school or university campus can be a big burden for young people, and every little bit of support makes a difference. Military veterans will soon have a new training center right in the middle of Taipei. Taiwan's first ever augmented and virtual reality military training center is in the works. 
It will welcome both military professionals and amateurs to experience simulated battles and war zones and sharpen military skills through virtual games. A department store in Taipei is being repurposed for this project. Xingxing Department Store is run by the Veteran Affairs Council. It once focused on jade artifacts and gifts from Veteran Affairs Council farms. But amid long restrictions on Taiwan's borders that have kept visitors away for years, many concessions closed down. Now the store will become the country's first VR battle training center. We'll establish a metaverse idea here, bringing in simulators. Retired service members and pilots who still have the capacity to fight or are training young men for military service, they will be able to use these simulators to practice. They won't have to go to a military camp to keep their military skills up. If we can go a step further and use wearable smart technology and interact with that, then the user can get the feeling of being right inside loads of different situations. Working with Texray Industrial, the store will create a center for augmented and virtual reality war games. Visitors can hop in a flight simulator or try out an armed battle game. Half of the space will be for military training and half for amateurs. Xingxing says the military training will be kept top secret, with the utmost care taken to protect classified information. The establishment of this metaverse center is good for our national defense technology and good for the Ministry of National Defense. The center cost a tidy 150 million NT to build, and in the future, it will partner with hospitals to create a smart treatment platform to provide physical therapy and treatment supports. Its creators hope it could start welcoming the public into virtual worlds as early as November. Plum rains have pummeled Taiwan in recent days, filling up the nation's reservoirs. Xinzhu's Baoshan Reservoir and 2nd Baoshan Reservoir, as well as Miaoli's Liyutan Reservoir, are all at full capacity. In the south, the Zhengwen, Wushantou and Nanhua Reservoirs have collectively taken in 24 million tons of water over the past two days. That's enough to supply household and industrial users for more than three weeks. This abundance of water cuts a stark contrast from last year, when Taiwan suffered its worst drought in decades. According to the Central Weather Bureau, more rain will come next week from Tuesday to Thursday as southwesterly winds strengthen and a weather front moves in.